0: Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Executive Interview Series as part of Tech Investment Insights, where we interview newsmakers, industry leaders, and experts in the tech and financial services industries. Today, we'll be speaking with Lou Piantadosi, who is Director of Growth Equity at Eaton Vance, and so he currently... uh, manages a variety of funds at Ethan Vance, and has a broad perspective on the financial services industry and the market as a whole. And so thank you so much, Lou, for joining us today.
1: Joy, Thank you for having me.
0: And so firstly, so what precisely is your role and what are your duties at Ethan Vance?
1: So again, uh, like you said, I'm Director of Growth Investing at at Ethan Mm -hmm. Vance, uh, which means I am the lead PM on all of our growth products. Mm-hmm. Uh and I also manage a team of analysts that support uh our various growth funds. Uh combined, uh we manage uh as a group over twenty billion dollars in assets. hmm
0: Okay, wow. Well, yeah, certainly uh yeah, certainly uh sounds exciting. Uh and uh, uh to clarify, it's uh overall it manages currently almost uh five hundred billion dollars, correct? Correct. Very nice. And so uh, many investors currently in this market environment uh, the past few months have been wondering why it has been relatively stagnant and uh, quite volatile compared to the steady and easy growth of 2017. And so why do you think the, the market has been behaving this way as someone who has a direct perspective on um, events in it? And where do you think it might be uh, headed for the uh, rest of the year?
1: well the first thing i'd like to address is -hmm. is volatility i mean we've certainly seen a a market increase in volatility this year uh over last year and you know what we've been saying all along is that you know 2017 as far as volatility is concerned was an anomaly the fact Mm -hmm. that we've had very very little volatility uh during that period uh is is relatively unprecedented within equity markets so it's only, uh, you, know, you know, it's smart to, to believe that in kind of a reversion of the mean environment that v- volatility mm-hmm. would likely to increase. And we've certainly seen that uh, thus far in 2018. So no surprise there. I mean, equities mm-hmm. are a volatile asset class, mm-hmm. um, but everyone should have exposure to equities. Um, is because equities are the only asset class that can outperform uh, inflation over time. And the, the reward is higher returns, but, um, you know, you have to deal with some of the, the, uh, the agita of, uh, of increased volatility. So uh, with mm-hmm. that said, as you look at where the market's been this year, you know, the, most of the indices have been generally flat uh, mm-hmm. for the year. But I think now more than ever, it's been much more of a stock picker's market uh, and there's lots and lots of great opportunities uh, in the market, uh, maybe mm-hmm. away from the benchmarks or away from the indices that have done really well and, uh, you know, with great prospects and are likely to continue to do well. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, while the, you know, the markets, uh, like I said, are relatively flat, I think uh, from a growth perspective, which is kind of my playing field, mm-hmm. uh, growth investors have certainly done much better uh, than the overall market. Mm -hmm.
0: And to clarify on that as well, and so you think that there's still a a lot of great opportunities out there for growth. Um, Do you think that um, the current uh, macro development in terms of uh, interest rates, uh, economic data, et cetera, like uh, how does that uh, play into uh, as well as uh, now rising oil prices? How do you think that all uh, affects the uh, the current trajectory?
1: Well, again, we view a lot of that as kind of short-term macro Mm -hmm. noise. Okay. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what we're trying to accomplish with uh, with our growth funds is identifying companies that mm-hmm. are participating in secular growth trends. We call them mm-hmm. mega trends. Mm-hmm. And you know what we're looking at today is particularly within technology. There's so mm-hmm. much innovation mm-hmm. and disruption. Uh, that's causing mm-hmm. or, or giving investors an opportunity to really identify winners and losers, right? So, mm-hmm. for example, if you think about you know, what online retail and Amazon is doing to brick-and-mortar retailers, you can clearly mm-hmm. see Amazon's winning and the rest of uh, brick-and-mortar retail uh, is, is losing that battle, mm-hmm. similar to you know, traditional media versus uh, the mm-hmm. Facebooks and Googles and Twitters of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those companies are taking significant share while traditional media loses share. So, again, those are the opportunities as active managers uh, mm-hmm. that we can flesh mm-hmm. out. And it's not just a, a one-quarter phenomena. It's mm-hmm. not just a one-year phenomena. These, this is long-term, uh, mm-hmm. big-picture trends mm-hmm. uh, that are ongoing and that if you get them right, can build serious wealth over time. hmm yeah, definitely it's a very exciting market environment and uh
0: particularly in uh in technology itself. Um and so on the the broader level for Eaton Vance um so Eaton Vance is one of the uh, uh Eaton Vance is one of the oldest uh investment management firms in the United States and uh, uh certainly given the markets ups and downs over the uh decades and this past century that's uh, an impressive achievement given success. Um and so what do you think makes Ethan Vance stand out among investment management companies, and what do you think are the the key factors that has led to its uh, current success?
1: I think one of the, the, the reasons why we've been so successful is we've been able to innovate Mm-hmm. Uh, from a product standpoint in, in, give in give investors solutions, you know, uh, common sense solutions to, uh, you know, what they're trying to achieve financially. If you look at our, our product set, it's, a, it's an extremely diversified product set, not just on from an equity basis where, you know, we've got cover growth, core value, global, um, you know, small and mid cap as well. Uh, on the fixed income side, you know, we cover the gamut there from, you know, corporates mm-hmm. to high yields to munis, but also mm-hmm. great alternative mm-hmm. products like Global Macro and exchange funds. In mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. a lot of our acquisitions, we've been very successful with as well, uh, parametric Atlanta Capital, Tabs, mm-hmm. and Hexavest. So, again, just a well-rounded product set uh, that, that helps us withstand you know, kind of trends within the industries, you know, what, because mm. we do, we certainly have something for someone at any one given time. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I see. Yeah. I mean, uh, certainly there's uh, a lot of investors out there with uh, a lot of different uh, uh, needs, uh, risks, uh, risk portfolios, et cetera. And so it makes a lot well, that's of sense. Well, that's exactly
1: right. And, and, and you know, that there's uh, you know, within, within equities, there's a uh-huh. big trend towards indexing, which we mm-hmm. think is a, a cyclical, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, issue right now rather than secular. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, during that time, we've had so many other successful products that if you, you know, as an asset manager would just concentrate in equities, you'd probably be struggling over the last three, four five years while we've flourished mm-hmm. because of our diversity of product. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, that's great to hear. Um, and to actually to, to clarify one point, so you mentioned you think that indexing is a cyclical, cyclical rather than a secular trend. And so do so you think that indexing will eventually or possibly go out of uh, fashion as the, the market changes in the future?
1: I do. You know, we've been saying for a long time that that higher interest rates is is a is mm-hmm. a friend of of active managers. In, mm-hmm. in in an environment that we've had, where interest rates have been so low, and we've basically mm-hmm. been in an environment of of, of free access to capital. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no differentiation between good and bad in that kind of environment, right? Mm-hmm. And as a bottom-up fundamental investor, that's our job is to find well, what's you know what's good, what's a good growth story, what's a Uh, a good company versus what isn't such a good company. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of hard to discern uh, when everyone has equal access to capital. But now that Mm -hmm. rates are rising, inflation starting to come back a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can see who's swimming naked when the tide goes out. And Mm -hmm. uh, at at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, you can identify those winners and losers. And I think active managers are starting to emerge, particularly over the last year, um, beating the benchmarks by a pretty wide margin. Now, it's going to take a while for the typical investor to recognize this, but I think we're going to get to a point you know, down the road, maybe it's a year, maybe it's two years from now, where the retail investor is going to say, hmm, my index fund is flat over the last three years, hmm. but my next door neighbor has been invested in an active fund, and he's gained 25 30% over that time. How come I can't get some of that? So I think, you know, money chases performance. It always has and it always Mm -hmm. will. And I think we're in an environment now where, you know, stock picking is back in vogue because of this discernation between winners and losers. And active managers are going to really start to shine going forward. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah indeed the past few years all the headlines have been about uh index funds and their uh, uh generally beating active performance but maybe in the next few years we'll see the reverse of that and we'll uh, active funds will end up beating index funds and so uh certainly uh It'll be uh, exciting, exciting times in the market. Um, and so within, so you mentioned before the technology sector has a lot of uh, changing developments uh, in media, for example, and in many other uh, subsectors. And so which parts of the technology sector right now do you think are uh, the most interesting or the uh, most disruptive?
1: Well, again, you know, a lot of these secu- big picture secular trends have been going on for some time. And one of the things that we're trying to decipher today is what part of the life cycle some mm-hmm. of these secular trends are on. So you know we talked a little bit about what what uh, social media and online advertising is is doing to traditional media. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we look at kind of that growth curve, we feel like we're kind of in the middle innings there. You know we're not mm-hmm. early to that to that story. Um, you know similar you know, Amazon in, in, in retail, um, again, maybe in some in earlier innings there, just because you know Amazon still has plenty of share. Uh, to take going forward, and online is a, is going to be a dominant uh, uh, share of overall retail going forward. So mm-hmm. again, we're trying to figure yeah. out where we are in the life cycle. In the in life cycle, I think one of the things to, to think about though is that a lot of this innovation and disruption isn't just uh, mm-hmm. you know singular to technology.
0: Mm-hmm. We're seeing
1: it in the consumer space, particularly within autos. Hmm. Um, where you know there's huge trend towards uh, electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles, and, and that's not slowing down, and that's very, very early in its life cycle. Electric vehicles have less than 5% share of, hmm. of the overall market uh, today, and that's expected to grow uh, exponentially over the next uh, five-plus years. So big opportunities there, uh, particularly for a lot of the – um, you know, the, the part suppliers, uh, that enable, uh, electrification of vehicles and, and, um, mm-hmm. autonomous vehicles as well. You know, mm-hmm. esports is a trend that's in, uh, still in the very, very early stages. Um, you know, it's, it's gaining in popularity every day. More people watch esports mm-hmm. every day than they do the NHL and NBA mm-hmm. combined. Oh, wow. Um, so ag- again, that's just starting to gain some traction and relevance, um, mm-hmm. Industrial automation mm-hmm. is another big picture trend uh, within the industrial space uh, mm-hmm. that I think is still in early stages as well and then lastly just worth mentioning 3d printing uh, and how far that's evolved mm-hmm. from uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, from from much more manufacturing efficiently manufacturing widgets for uh, parts suppliers and whatnot to uh, you know you can you can build a hu- a house with a 3 d printer uh, you know mm. in in twenty four hours and it costs less oh, wow. than four thousand oh, wow. dollars oh, so wow. lots of evolution there and uh, um, you know business models have yet to be flushed out but that 's an mm. area that I think is uh, you know certainly has lots of potential going forward mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, indeed. I mean, technology has advanced rapidly this past decade. Uh, We certainly have, you know, now smartphones are universal, for example, and uh, internet services are widespread compared to just last decade. And I'm sure in the next few years... Right, and uh,
1: and that's the point, right, that these cycles always uh, evolve, right? So mm -hmm. connectivity was mm -hmm. the... You know, ten years ago, that was the big story of a of mm-hmm. an iPhone in every pocket and whatnot. But you know, that's mm-hmm. that's a relatively mature market now. Oh, like definitely. you said, um, yeah, Wi-Fi uh, access, similar. It's a it's a pretty mature market. So mm-hmm. you know, the one thing you can always bet about tech is that it's forever changing and evolving. But mm-hmm. through that evolution creates lots of opportunities. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, definitely. And it's going to be a very exciting next few years in the uh, tech world uh, in particular and the uh, the overall markets as they are affected and develop on their, their own as well. Um, and so amid this entire environment, uh, what do you think that investors should keep in mind or do or act in this new uh, rapidly changing techno- technological environment as well as uh, the uh, overall uh, market environment as it uh,
1: develops. I think Yeah I think in the one mistake investors typically make is just mm-hmm. uh, they're so susceptible to the noise, the everyday mm-hmm. uh, the news flow, uh, mm-hmm. you know quarterly earnings results. It, mm-hmm. you, you have to take a long-term approach and mm-hmm. if you identify a dynamic growth company with you know, whose opportunity is open-ended, Uh, then you you don't trade it, you invest in it, and you don't get shaken out by, you know, a a tweet, or you don't get Mm -hmm. shaken out by a geopolitical concern, or you don't get shaken out by the Fed raising interest rates by 25 basis points. You Mm -hmm. invest in the company. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the message that tends to get lost in all this kind of information age that we're in. People Mm -hmm. are too focused on the short term. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. And certainly with the
0: uh, endless array of information constantly presented uh, either uh, in terms of television or uh, online media or even social media nowadays where it's endless endless uh, Facebook posts and tweets and et cetera, um, there's a lot of noise. And uh, certainly... Uh, yeah, tune you know, out the noise. That's right. Nice. Yeah, well, uh, certainly it's an exciting market environment. And uh, yeah, I'm sure investors will uh, have a... Uh, a very exciting time over the next few years uh, as uh, we see how it all unfolds. And so, thank you so much again, uh, Lou Pantidossi, uh director of growth growth equity at Eton Vance. Thank you so much again for your time and uh, enlightening us with your all right, Thank your you, thoughts. Eric. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Bye bye.